Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is a very special episode of the Backdoor Network podcast. I got Phil, he's going to tell you all about it. Hey Arch, this is like my favorite episode of the year. Hopefully we can make this a more regular thing, but we've got a superhero waiting in the wings. It's Chris Warinsky, also known as Megalox. Mega, what is happening? Hey guys, great to talk to you. Just uh, digging through the uh, enormous card of football and won't have uh, as many premier games as we did last week, but uh, any week of college football is a good week of college football. So uh, I'm ready to roll. Awesome. And we are, we are absolutely thrilled to have you on. Um, you know, last week, a lot of surprises on the card. We, uh, we were caught up in that in, in some, some chaos, but I'm, I'm hoping now that we have an actual expert on the show, you can write the ship. <laughs> Well, we'll hope we'll uh, we'll get there. Um, I'll uh, yeah, we can maybe touch on uh, some of the games on the card if you like. We can also uh, dip into the futures market if you like, because uh, one of the things. Well, I just love uh, playing like the futures before the season, but um, nowadays it's really great. Is because they didn't used to update the futures and the season win totals like during the season as much as they do now. So I find there's still you can still find shop around and find some good value there. So uh, I'll let you lead the discussion, but I'm ready to talk about uh, whatever you think's uh, appropriate. Yeah, let's let's jump right in. We're we're gonna skip the Thursday night games because boy, they they not much of these should be televised. But uh, we can jump <laughs> right in. We can jump right in. How about Louisville, NC State? Uh, this this is a, a very very closely lined game, mm-hmm. uh, an ACC matchup. Do you have any lean in this game whatsoever? Yeah, I, I kind of like uh, I like Louisville in this game, and um, I've watched NC State quite closely, and I don't think it's any secret to anyone now that they just don't have a they don't have a lot of explosiveness to say the least on offense. They they've been really good uh, running and throwing the ball from an explosive standpoint, uh, Louisville, their defense is, you know, a little sketchy, but I don't think you're laying a very big number here. And um, Virginia, Virginia almost took down NC state last week and Virginia is probably the worst team in the conference. So um, it's basically Brennan Armstrong running and Brennan Armstrong trying to throw the ball for NC state. So their defense took a step back as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd say Louisville's probably uh, – I played them I played them small, and I think it's probably one of my top ten picks of the week, I'd say. Ooh. Oh, a top top ten pick that we accidentally stumbled on first thing. That's pretty good, Arch. <laughs> That's very good. I like the sound of that. Now, I, I know uh, you and I, Arch, we were talking pre-show about the Utah-Oregon State mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's pick Mega's brain because I know this one's on both of our minds. Mega, what do you think about this, this number with – Utah being a, a small dog on the road and this, you know, reinvigorated Pac-12. Yeah, well, for starters, uh, we can even talk about the Pac-12 some more. Um, but uh, as far as this game goes, I, I, I just find these Utah games are so difficult every week because it's this whole Cam Rising dra- drama. Like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Frankly, I think even if he does play, his game is being tough, right? And running between the tackles, running over defenders. So... Given his injury, I mean, I find it impossible to play Utah right now. But I mean, they keep proving me wrong because they uh, their defense is 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 phenomenal, obviously. So I am basically going to take a pass on this one. I don't have any cash on this game, and um, I'm just going to kind of hope that maybe uh, Oregon State can win the game because I I like them, and uh, also I don't have any Utah futures. So <laughs> <laughs> as a, a Mega Lock subscriber, as I have been for for many many years. I'm also in that Oregon State bed futures uh, wise with you. And uh, boy, you know, it, it's tough because I, I think Kyle Whittingham is one of the best coaches in the nation. His defense always comes to play. They travel well. Uh, and what they're getting out of this third string quarterback is a 
amazing so far. So uh, this might be a good game to lay off. Um, but I really would like to see Oregon State win on the on the money line for sure. Yeah, I feel um, I also feel bad uh, for Oregon State and Washington State for getting left out of the whole conference realignment stuff. They've done such a good job of building that program and maybe things will work out for them. But um, Oregon State's a tough team to cheer against. I mean, they're so great at home and the fans are just so into it. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll be pulling for Oregon State, but uh, no money on the game. Hmm. Perfect. Orcs, did you have a take on this game? Oh, a take. You know, I keep going back to that Utah plus the four. I, I, I anticipate this to be a field goal game. That's what I'm, I'm and it, thinking. And yeah, yeah, like, it's hard. It's like it is hard to fade Utah. Like, like let's uh-huh, be honest. Uh-huh. I mean, in pretty much any game, any situation. I mean, look at you know they look what they did to the Gators in Week One. So, and you can go back years and years with Kyle Winningham, like you said. So, I Utah's pretty much an impossible fade anytime. So, okay. <laughs> and now with the quarterback mystery, I just think it's a stay away. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, I did we'll, have one game we'll just... I wanted to pick his brain about, though, if that's okay. Do it. Yeah. My there. beloved Jayhawks are, ooh, they're facing Texas, the Longhorns. It is what about, is it spreads about 16? Is that right? Yeah, 16 and a half. I'm, I'm hoping to get a, a 17 at some point, but uh, yeah, I think it's around 16 and a half. I need some good news. I need some good news, Mega. <laughs> well, I mean... From it sounds like I might be the only person that's kind of leaning the Kansas way, and Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait as long as I can for a 17. But um, I mean, they keep saying who has Kansas played, but I mean Texas they they look great against Alabama, but it's not like they've played great teams um, outside of the one the one effort. And Kansas is so well coached. There's um, the play calling on offense is I have to use the word exquisite. I can't believe that's I've never used that word before. <laughs> um, yes, their defense is sketchy, and yes, their secondary is gonna have some problems but i just think i mean i just think 17 points is too many uh texas statistically still haven't running the ball that great so um i think basically kansas plus 17 it might probably a minority opinion in the market but um that's if, the way you, I'm leaning. if you need to answer that if that's commissioner gordon if you need to answer that mega no sorry i'm uh i shut off my cell phone and this is uh i have i'm like one of the only people in north america that still has a home phone <laughs> and it literally <laughs> And this is hilarious. I'm going to shut this off. Um, sorry about that. No, I literally, I get one call on this and it's always someone looking for saying my credit card was stolen and just give oh, me a thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. So I get one call every two weeks and it just happened to be now. So sorry about that. It's probably right next to the payphone that's in your living room as well. In the, house, <laughs> in, in the backyard. I'm old, I'm old enough to remember payphones. So let's just, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You, you Canadians are a different breed. I'll tell you what. Um, but I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm with you, Meg. I like Kansas here. Uh, Jalen Daniels is phenomenal. And, um, you know, 17 is just so many. And, and with so many points, that back door is always swinging wide open. Uh-huh. So I, I like grabbing the points here also. Um, you know, let's let's take a peek here. I got I to gotta go back on the, the screen. Arch, you have another game? I do have another game. Mega, I, I want to I let Phil gently down here as I'm looking at Notre Uh-oh. Dame Duke. Oh, no. I want to let spot. Phil's a big Irish fan. I, but we got to let him down gently here when we take Duke plus the five and a half, right? <laughs> I have to say that the end of that in order to, the first of all, I love that. That was old school football, that game last week. The first half was a little boring, but I love those hard knocks, uh, mm-hmm. old school mm-hmm. football games in order team, the way they took control at the line of scrimmage in the second half. I was, I thought it was fantastic. I got a small money line play on them. Um, and yeah, that was just the way that game ended. Was just I couldn't imagine being a Notre Dame fan. I'm sorry about that, Phil. Um, but as far as this, as as far as this week 
goes, I mean, again, Duke is pretty much unfadeable with their coaching staff, and Riley Leonard's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. The line looks a bit short. I was really hoping seven, seven and a half. And let's be honest, if Ohio State gets the or doesn't get the two point conversion, Notre Dame wins. This line is what eight and a half, nine and a half. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I I think just on, based on that one play, I mean, five and a half feels just a bit short. So I uh, I haven't made a play on this game, and I'm going to steer clear. You're going to steer clear. No value on the money line. Um, you know what? I, there's a, I might have to, I like to, uh, have a, a money line, uh, underdog kind of wheel going five mm-hmm. teams every week. Yeah. Duke's on the short list. Ooh. So I've got about seven teams on the list right now. So Duke's on the short list, but again, I'd like even the money line, I think is, is a bit short, but, um, it's hard to say how, um, Notre Dame is going to bounce back, uh, from last week. But, um, yeah, I, I think if seven, seven and a half from a point spread perspective, I'd be more intrigued. And again, the money line even seems a bit short. So we'll see what I end up doing. Now, Mega, I, I tell you religiously, um, you know, and blindly, I, I don't think I could I could tell you. We got to leave Duke on the cutting room floor this week, man. We, we just we have to leave that out <laughs> of the, the round robin floor. I, I think that Marcus Freeman is an excellent coach, and I, I think he'll have these guys ready to go. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully they play with 11 men on the field um, you know, at all times <laughs> next week. Cause that, that was a heartbreaker. Now I, I want to get a little dirty here. Um, yeah, I, Let's I, wanna, do it. I just want to kind of scrape nasty. Yeah. I want to talk about Michigan state. What is going on in Michigan? Um, do they have any chance to cover this weekend? What a, it, it's, it's incredible how far that that program has fallen. Yeah. What's interesting with them is that, you know, obviously the coaching stuff, everyone knows about, um, the first two games, they look pretty good. And even their defense is still, I mean, the Washington game aside, because Washington is an absolute machine. But even last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think they, uh, from a yardage perspective, it was pretty close with Maryland. I think they were minus four in turnovers, something. So it's not like they've completely quit. And uh, and Iowa is just, I don't even know what to say. They're making like old, like they're making Iowa, old Iowa football. This is even worse than old Iowa football because they're not even really, they're not getting to the quarterback. They're not creating as many turnovers. Uh, I don't know if their quarterbacks hurt. They can't run the ball. So I don't know. I think it's completely disgusting, but I would play Michigan State here getting like 13 or so. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree because Iowa just doesn't score the football. You'd halfway expect them to trot out there in the leather helmets like it's 1930 <laughs> uh, with the, the offense that they, they put on the field every week. But um, yeah, getting 12 and a half with, with Sparty feels like the right move. Um, you know, I, I just Iowa uh, the, the the offensive coordinator has that that stipulation in his contract where they have to average twenty five points per game and uh, his job looks to be on the line <laughs> that that seat is getting hot. He actually put that yeah, in his, con- I mean, his contract. It, yeah. You have to score certain yes. points. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I think that's the uh, there's some website out there I haven't checked it out, but apparently like it like you know it's just this whole thing about trying to follow it every week. And now it's always twenty three point two they're averaging. Now it's twenty one point seven, and they project and they project it out. Well, they'll probably score this many. And you know what's a scam though is that they include I think they include uh, defensive points if you know what I mean and special teams points. Uh, so I'm like, wait a minute, he got that in the contract. So what a weasel because Iowa scores a lot that way. They, they sure do. <laughs> it, it is just a disgusting product they put out. And but it, it, the contract is kind of keeping. My eyes peeled on Iowa week after week because I, you know, I, I like to root against human achievement, and uh, you know, it seems like <laughs> the perfect spot. But um, another game we have to touch on, and we have to get clicks. So let's talk about Deion Sanders and Colorado. They got a bit exposed, in my opinion, last week. Uh, you know, against Oregon, and now they've got a powerful USC offense um, coming to town. Uh, but USC 
They don't play much much defense either. This line is 21 and a half. Do you have a play on this game? Uh, well, I haven't made a play on this game yet, but I have to with with Colorado. It's just I don't. I, I I would play USC in this game, or frankly, I would even play the under because I don't see their their offensive line is so horrible and they can't run the ball. So I mean, we all saw what happened in the Oregon game. It's not that Colorado is a bad team. It's just I, like as good as their quarterback is, I, you can only do so much when you're just getting pressured and killed every second snap. I don't know how much Colorado is going to contribute in this game. I know USC doesn't have you know, a, a great defense, but I mean, if you remember the Colorado Nebraska game, what was it? 13, nothing at the half. And I think Nebraska gave them all their points. The Colorado state game was 56 before overtime. So I think the total up in the mid seventies, I think that's, I don't know. That seems pretty, that seems pretty high. So I think I'll probably add the under to my card. And I think if I was going to choose a side, I would pick USC. Yeah. I mean, it, it that feels like a, a good fate of the public, especially with the new rules in college football. We're kind of seeing, um, you know, lower, lower scores across the board. And this one feels like a total from last year. If, if, you know, we could go in the time machine and see what that would be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, USC, they can score, I mean, anyway on offense and uh, on special teams. So, I mean, I think, I think USC is probably the safe play in this game. Perfect. Well, we, we can, we can get behind that one. Um, I know you had some thoughts on Troy, Georgia state, because I got the text message alert today and I'm, I'm eager to yes. hear from the man himself. Yeah, well, again, this is one that the the market probably disagrees with me. Although um, I think it was it's, it was it was originally minus three, and then a couple of uh, mobsters hit it, and it got down to like in the minus one pick'em range. And that's kind of where I like it. I think they're just they're just the better team. They might even be the best team in the Sun Belt. It's hard to say right now because you know they haven't really uh, got into conference play significantly. They thoroughly handled Coastal Carolina last week, and the thing with Troy is that they're not. They, again, they're, I'm, I really like to look at you know who allows pressure and, and negative plays and who doesn't. And from a negative pressure standpoint, Troy gives up a lot of negative plays. And they're also, I think, minus six or so in turnovers. They've had a negative turnover margin every week. I'm a huge Darren Granger fan for Georgia State. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. He looks really poised and he's super mobile. So, um, yeah, Georgia State's definitely one of my favorite plays of the week. Although, like I said, I think the market, for whatever reason, is disagreeing with me. So we'll have to see how that one pans out. Well, I've had much more luck following you than than following Mob Steam uh, in my career betting on college football. So, um, you know, we were we were happy in our our Discord channel. Uh, we were on some Danny Granger props, uh, you know, uh, rushing props and and throwing props, and they all came home last week. So that was that was nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Georgia State. I I'm I'm all over Arch. What game do you want to look at? Um, I I think we hit all the ones. I- I, okay, well, let's do Missouri Vanderbilt because I, I love betting against Missouri every chance I get, like a good Jayhawk fan. is. But it's looking like I kind of want a piece of Missouri this week. Do you think that's the, the right side, Mega? Uh, if I was to bet that game, I haven't played that game, but Missouri to me feels like the side because I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are they the second best team in the SEC East? I mean, I don't know. It might be Kentucky. It might be Florida, but it, it could be Missouri. And Vanderbilt, I think their quarterback's out this week. Uh, I'm not crazy about the backup. I'd have to double check that. Um, but I think to me, it'd be, I mean, Missouri laying double digits is never a cozy feeling yeah, <laughs> before yeah. kickoff, but uh, you know what I mean? It's not really their typical point spread role, but um, I don't really think there's much to like about Vanderbilt to be quite honest. That was my big questions uh, for the, for the, for this card. Okay. Well, I, I, I need to touch on, uh, you know, Michigan against Nebraska. You know, we had high hopes, for Nebraska, and they continue to disappoint under the tutelage of Matt Rule. Uh, they are getting a big number, seventeen here, you know, with with Michigan. So, 
how do you see this game playing out, especially with such a low total at 39? You would think that the the value would be on Nebraska if they can score at all. Yeah, this is another tough one. Um, this is one of the games I haven't touched yet. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. I mean, whenever a total gets below 40 in this one, I think it is now. Uh, I, I, it's just hard to bet under that. But, um, but uh, by the same token, Nebraska, they can't stretch the field. And frankly, they're not even trying to stretch the field. And they've got a good one-two punch now. Anthony Granite running back. Uh, and Harburg, I believe it is, a quarterback. I mean, he busted a huge run last week. So I think Matt Rule's crafty enough just to, you know, milk that play clock and minimize possessions more so than even you would think normal. And Michigan hasn't been, I mean, they haven't been themselves from from an explosive standpoint, at least on the ground. Um, So in a limited possessions game, you got to think Nebraska's got a shot, but um, how many points is Nebraska going to score? That's what I keep coming back to. I mean, 10 is probably the right number. I can't see them getting 14. Um, this is, this is just a tough, I was hoping for Nebraska plus 10 first half and that line doesn't exist. And that's kind of the angle I was hoping to be able to exploit. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah. You, you may just want to, uh, find like, I guess a, the implied team total would be like, what, like 11 and a half or 12. Ten. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, so that and seems like a pretty fair number. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe they could score two touchdowns on the Wolverines defense, but you know how it is, right? I mean, a block punt or a fumble inside the, their own red zone, you know, you know how kooky uh, Saturdays can be, right? So uh, <laughs> 10 and a half doesn't leave you much of a margin for error. So that's a tough game. Well, I've, I've got one more. And if we're speaking about kooky and how crazy things can be on Saturday, we would be remiss if we left James Franklin out of the conversation. Uh, the guy definitely knows what point spreads are and definitely likes to cover them for the boosters. Uh, they're playing Northwestern this weekend. It's a big number. I'm seeing 26 and a half. I'm seeing 27. Do you have a take on this game? Originally, I was thinking about Northwestern as gross as that is. Um, but they, yeah. you know, that that big, they really played one good quarter last week. And it's the thing with Penn State is they're just not killing themselves. Drew Aller hasn't even thrown an interception yet. They just, they're just not making mistakes and they just grind you to bits. So, I mean, and like you said, James Franklin, oh, I mean, you know, you know, you know, he's not sitting on the ball late in the game, right? So 35-7 kind of feels like the score and that's close to the line. That's kind of what I predicted. So I haven't, uh, I haven't had the guts to play that game yet. Yeah, he, he got us in week one. I know I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, oh, that was beautiful. I love that one. Oh, yeah, that was touching against West Virginia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yep. was a, that was a waterboard special. That was brutal. <laughs> that, that was a tough one. So that leads me to my next question. I don't, I don't really see any other games that, that are worth talking about here, but you mentioned futures. I've got everybody in the, you know, in our, our discord on Penn state to make the final four. Am I an idiot or, you know, is this starting to look good? Cause I, you know, it, it it's kind of a, a weird thing. I don't think that winning the big 10 is in their cards, but you know, maybe as a one loss team getting in the final four, what, what do you think about that? Especially with the way the tiebreakers work. Yeah, well, there. Yeah, there's a couple of teams I'd like to mention for uh, those people that want a couple of spicy picks, and I think well, Penn State is in the top three of those. I think because I mean, r- right now, I mean, I don't know if anyone could honestly say, with however complicated your power ratings are, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, like what what is separating those three teams? What a point! I don't know. And so you're talking about just from a national championship perspective, you're talking like Michigan in the four to one range, five to one. Penn State's up at fifteen, and Ohio State's in the middle. So I don't love the Ohio State quarterback 
situation. They got they showed they could be run on against Notre Dame. Michigan, I, I don't know. I don't. I think that's a pretty short price. So I think the only way to bet it right now, even, is still to take Penn State. Uh, like you said, they could split with Michigan and Ohio State, end up on the outside, and still make it in as the four seed. So yeah, I, I kind of I, I think Penn State is definitely a live uh, a live long shot for sure. Yeah, I think we we got like plus 350 or something on that. But, um, you know, it, it feels pretty good. I mean, Michigan has no reason to show their cards this early in the season. They play nobody except Ohio State and Penn State, so they're probably keeping everything close to the vest. I just like the the chances of Penn State splitting, like you said, and, you know, maybe ending up as a four seed. But um, you had you had some other spicy futures you were looking at? Yeah, well, um, I got it. Yeah, I got a couple listed here. Um and one of the one of them is well. First of all, let's just to talk about the Pac-12 because that's where all like that's where there's some really interesting numbers. Um, USC, Washington, Oregon. I mean, there's lot. The problem with that is, I mean, it's hard to know now which of those teams is going to emerge. So, what I would recommend from from the Pac from the Pac-12 as a spicy one would be Washington and Oregon. I think they play in the middle of October, and they're both around fifteen to one now to to win the national title. So, I would wait for the winner of that game. Play them. You're still. You'll probably get seven to one. Maybe the odds will be cut in half. But I still think you're. I would say you, you're like almost not quite locked, but you got a great shot to make the Pac-12 championship game, and then you kind of hedge from there. Um, as far as bigger bombs, you're gonna. You might never have me on again. But um, <laughs> why is Oklahoma forty to one and Texas nine to one? Because the way Oklahoma's defense is playing, that one I haven't played yet. But I think I'm gonna have to throw some couch change on that uh before um the texas oklahoma game so that's kind of a a crazy bomb i mean because texas and oklahoma to me it's one of those two probably texas obviously but i think the difference in the marketplace right now doesn't account for the fact that if oklahoma beats texas um in two weeks then they're a shoe in pretty much to make the, the big 12 title game so that was one of the more um disgusting ones i had that's not for everybody's taste and as far as one that's maybe a little off people's radar, um, if I'm allowed to go to the Sun Belt. You are the um, Fun Belt. We love the yes, Fun Belt. Yes. So I was very high on South Alabama at the beginning of the year. They've kind of looked very squirrely, but they're in the they're in the soft half of the Sun Belt. The West is pretty weak, and you can still get plus three hundred, plus three fifty. So that's uh, Troy already has one loss. So South Alabama, I think, is still a decent price. But what's really, what's really interesting, too, is there's some big prices on the other side to win the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina's already lost. James Madison's ineligible. And you've got App State. And I'm just quoting a, a, a book, a pretty square book that I just looked before I came on. But App State is set plus 700. Georgia State, plus 700. Um, Marshall's at plus 850, although I, their schedule is a lot tougher. So I think for people that want to sprinkle on sort of a long shot, you might want to shop around and get into some uh, Sun Belt action because I still see some uh, pretty good value out there. Yeah, that that feels good. And you, you were speaking right to my heart with the Oklahoma take. I drafted Dylan Gabriel in my uh, fantasy college uh, you oh, know, yeah. league. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going to war with Dylan Gabriel this year. So that that would that would feel good if we can get him on track. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just it's kind of just occurred to me as I've watched Oklahoma the last couple of weeks is that their defense. I know, you know, Cincinnati's not much and but they really played well against SMU and they're definitely better than last year. Let's just say that. They're not as good as Texas, but um their defense, I think they're a much more balanced team. 
And um, who's to say who's got the better quarterback, Texas or Oklahoma? Um, Oklahoma's got the more experienced quarterback, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't think I think that's a good. I think it's a good uh, stab for people that like long shots. Yeah, I mean, and and with with Clemson's downfall this year, you got to think that maybe maybe Brett Venables was more important to that program than than folks giving credit for. Because I mean, Oklahoma looks really really good this year. Ooh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's no, that's a that's mm. a that's a hot take, and I actually like that. Yeah, that that that's uh, that makes sense. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, the the defense is definitely down a notch, and the offense is maybe down a notch as well. But yeah, that, that's a great point because their defense, well, yeah, Venables was spectacular. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, I hadn't really uh, I had, hadn't thought about that recently, but you're, I think you got a good point there. I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna lock it in because you say so. So we're we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do that. Um, now I'll have I have one more. I have one more sick one before. Uh, one more one more for people that like. Uh, I played um, Colorado. I'm talking futures. One more future, and then you guys can ask me whatever you what we'd like. Mountain West. Colorado State hasn't even played a conference game yet, and I played it at the beginning of the year, or in the off season, I think eighteen or twenty to one. They haven't played a conference game yet. They switched quarterbacks. They beat a decent MTSU team. They should have beat, I believe, Colorado. So you can still find them. I think eighteen twenty to one. Um, and they don't have divisions anymore. And the way Boise State looks, Air Force usually chokes away a game. And Colorado play Colorado State plays their three toughest games all at home: Boise, Air Force, and San Diego State. So again, it's twenty to one for a reason, as I like to say when uh, when I go to the track <laughs> in the off season. Like it's twenty to one for a reason. But I think that's still a pretty live play uh, if you want to sprinkle on something else that's uh, a long shot. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta think that the public perception of Colorado State is, you know, down after losing to Colorado. There was a lot of eyes on that game. Uh, Jane Norvell, not his coaching best, unfortunately. I was a Colorado State money line ticket holder that night. Ooh, um, yeah, ouch. yeah. So um, I, I put the bill in the mail uh, to, to Jane Norvell <laughs> there. But yeah, I mean, I could back him in this spot. You know, I, Arch and I, we both like to bet on bad news, and uh, you know, the, the the public embarrassing loss. On national television, with you know, I'm I'm in. I'm, I'll buy in that spot. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's an intriguing one. You know, like I said, they switched up quarterbacks, which is looks really good. Um, they have, I think, something called Utah Tech this week. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna and they've already had a bye week, so they're gonna go into conference play nice and fresh. So yeah, I think probably the fair price would be eight to one, ten to one. Um, but at twenty, you kind of you know you hope maybe you can sneak in the be the two seed right and then you can yeah. uh, have some hedging hedging opportunities yeah my hands are tied we we must play it arch we we have no other <laughs> choice um i you know i i just bought some you know a mid-season uh win total i i bought some georgia over 11 and a half plus 137 i i sent that to you in the email i'm sure you have a lot of uh a lot of things to make fun of me for for that one. Am I just a super square because I saw the the plus money and and had to take it, or what do you think about Georgia the rest of the way? Yeah, well, I, I yeah, I did see that in the email. I kind of uh, you know I crunched some numbers, kind of conservative and and like some a couple different ways, and it looked to me like the fair price was right around one thirty five. I just that's the the number that it came out. So I don't think I I mean. Put it this way: That's I don't see. You can't look at the schedule and say this is a game that they'll probably lose. But what always happens with these teams is that it's always a game you don't expect, right? So remember last year it was Missouri. 
I do. We're talking about them again, but it was Missouri. And I remember <laughs> that game. And it was, I actually thought in the fourth quarter, I think there was like seven minutes left. They might've been down by 11 or something. It was, it or down by four. Like it was, I actually thought they might've lost that game. And there was no reason for it because Missouri wasn't as good last year. Right. So if I had to guess, I mean, they'll, I mean, they're human, right? I mean, they're just, they're, they're machines uh, to a certain extent, but if I had to bet it, I would take the plus money. But my guess is, is that if they drop one, it's going to be to someone that we don't expect. Maybe it's Kentucky, um, Ole Miss, if their season's down the drain, maybe it's their Super Bowl and they, you know, they got three losses and they play the game of their lives. Right. So I don't know who's going to get Georgia, um, but like plus your plus 137, that seems fair to me. Yeah, I. I made the play after uh, South Carolina put the fear of God in them uh, at halftime. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe that was the stumbling block and they avoided it, you know? So that, that's why, that's why I went waiting in those waters. And uh, it seems pretty scary after I hit submit, Um, but here we are. So I I have no choice, but to ride it out. Arch, uh, do you have any, any futures, any, uh, you know, national championship, things in your in your uh radar Not my portfolio. i'm just following what you guys or you know what i've been told to as far as futures i'm not a futures better i am i am too simple-minded to look that far in advance i need what's in front of me right now well yeah you know what the coolest thing about the, the thing i love about futures is that it's even more important you know people say and it's it's so true like the best thing you could do is have multiple outs right whether it's mm-hmm, two books mm-hmm. five eight or ten right during the week but then we're, to be honest, I mean, every book seven, you might get a six and a half. I mean, you're talking maybe two or three games out of say 50 or more that might, that might make a difference with futures. I mean, the, the differences are like between sometimes 10 to one and 30 to one, no, yeah. right. Or, or three to one and six to one. So you're by shopping around with the futures, even now looking across some of these markets, there's still like big, big big discrepancies so once again i think if you were to play the futures i've gotten into that more so um in the last say five or ten years i think it's super important to shop around yeah i mean i i can speak to that because that that kind of um is a mirror image of what the the nascar racing market is like it's it's sort of like the wild west where no books can really nail down what the value should be so everybody has differing opinions and you can get you know just odd outlier lines on things and and really create a a pretty good situation for yourself so i i do like that that train of thought mega yeah i mean uh, i like the um it's the the futures i tend to prefer just the um just like like i said for shopping around and even season win totals i play i mean i put i put a lot more of my money into pre uh pre-season bets now because even season win totals right like the your variance doesn't kill you as much because even if you have to say over seven and a half or whatever it is, one unexpected loss isn't going to kill you kind of thing. And also with futures, I have uh, UMass over two wins. So I don't have to worry about betting them every week and uh, having a heart attack <laughs> when they lose. Right. So they win their first game and then like, you know, they, they should have won their second game against Eastern Michigan. They lose on a 50 yard bomb late last week. They make a miracle comeback, losing overtime. So the beauty of futures is that you got action every week, but it's just one bet you made in like June. So uh, yeah, we're a little bit of a, a little bit of a soapbox, but I really, uh, I really like the uh, preseason bets. Yeah, we're we're all sweating UMass over here. We're we're also sweating UConn. So it would be nice if they could get oh, in the win total. Yeah, the uh, UConn one is. A, yeah, the UConn one does. I mean, I'm not giving up yet, but they got to win this week. But yeah, that UMass one. Oh, we, we've got some. Um, a really horrible team. I think a push is pretty much guaranteed now, but I want to win that one just on principle. 
I, we, hey, we might find a way, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's you, you know, the, 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 well, the never know. speaks to you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Arch, do you do you have anything else you want to pick Mega's brain? No, I think I, I think we've taken enough of his time, haven't we? That's that's probably about right. Time is uh, money, and he's got he's got futures to calculate. Oh, uh, any time, guys. No, I I um I absolutely love college football, and I appreciate uh, for sure, Phil. I appreciate your uh, support of the site, and it's no. I, anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm willing to talk. You know about the card or for futures or just handicapping theory. Anything you guys want, you just let me know. Right. That would be fantastic. So, how do our listeners? find you i i know it's not twitter for some reason uh but how do we how do we get in touch with you um the best way well you found me you you, you know my my contact information i'm it's so much like work basically because it's just me and i joke about having a staff and a team and we as you know it's just it's so much work just to do all the content that i do and to handicap and to watch the lines and to you know deal with the website issues so I, I just uh, stay off social media. Um, the website is where pretty much everyone knows where to find me and um, megalox.co. That's kind of, I've just put all my, uh, I put all my effort from like May basically until, you know, the end of the season um, into the website and into content and doing the best job that I can. And um, so yeah, social media is just a distraction. I used to like that when I was a, a youngster and now I'm just getting too old for that. <laughs> I need yeah. my I need my sleep, guys. I need a little bit of sleep. Yeah, yeah. Once you start yeah. saying youngster, it's time to step away from social media. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, just to, to recap, you can find all of Mega's content. He writes up fifty to sixty games a week. Uh, there's plays. There's underdog uh, round robin parlays, uh, team totals. You can find that at www.megalocks.co. And you will be glad that you did. It is a beautiful website and it is, the content is second to none. So, uh, Mega Locks, Chris, we really enjoyed having you on and we certainly look forward to having you back. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the football, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be liable for damages related to its contents.